up to another good, good morning, time to go. To the three by five love podcast. <laughs> so that was loud. Sorry. That was loud. <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, it's like we're in a different environment every time. Um, we got this trippy thing going on behind us today, which is the wallpaper that I just installed, and I like it very much. But it does look a little bit uh, trippy on this. Who screen. installs wallpaper? It's a thing. I don't think it's a thing. No, it's a thing. It's we're a not. Thing. We're not in the seventies. It's, it's. It was. It was anyway challenging. So last week, <laughs> I don't we, it. <laughs> last week we talked about. Uh, the alter ego effect. So hopefully you had fun with that, uh, creating your alter ego, uh, just thinking about your identity as a whole within different areas of your life. Uh, and you know, today, what are we talking about? We are going to talk about meditation and mindfulness and some of the myths, um, walls, barriers, ideas that people have around meditation. Yeah. Instead of just talking about how to meditate, we thought it'd be fun to talk about the myths of meditation. Absolutely. Um, I watched a TED talk a while back, um, by Light Watkins, who is known in the meditation community. He's a meditation teacher. And the TED talk was just about that. Like, what are some of the barriers or things that people put up? And then how can we kind of tackle that? So we thought that we would highlight some of those and then give some of our own two cents and, uh, look at, look at some of these ideas. So the first idea is that thought of, I am a bad meditator. My grad students that I teach, um, I hear this so often, like, oh, I'm just awful at meditation. I cannot do it. I'm so bad at it because I can't quiet my thoughts. My mind is always racing. I can't get my thoughts to be quiet. Um, And something that I think is really important to recognize is the point of meditation isn't to quiet your thoughts so that you're just sitting there in complete silence and solitude. It's to recognize those those thoughts that come up. And when they do come up, to acknowledge them and recognize them And if they do require a little bit of thinking or Mm -hmm. contemplation or work through, it's a perfectly quiet space to do that. Or if it's something that isn't serving you, um, a lot of time in meditation, they talk about that image of like a cloud. And so picture your thought as a cloud in the sky and just allow it to kind of float on. So that allows you to almost release or let go of that thought. I can tell you there has been almost zero times in my life that I've meditated where my mind isn't racing on something. And in well, fact, I do a lot of problem solving during those times of meditation. Yeah. And it's one of those things. It's just like, don't think it's just kind of like, don't picture a pink elephant. So if you say, don't picture a pink elephant, then obviously all you're going to do is picture a pink elephant. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, meditation is just like, don't have any thoughts. So then <laughs> you're just you're being flooded. Like it's yeah, like with floodgates thoughts. with thoughts. So I guess, you know, giving yourself permission to think or have thoughts arise during meditation and recognizing that it doesn't have to look a certain way, which is actually our second one Yeah, was there's no like correct way to meditate. Um, even when I would teach meditation to my students, I would say, okay, we're going to meditate. Show me what position you would, you would put yourself in. And all of them, you know, crisscross applesauce with their hands like this and, and, and like, lotus. yeah, in Lotus position. And well, if you don't know what crisscross applesauce is, <laughs> thanks for the correction. <laughs> and you know, it's like what we picture that Buddhist monk who's like, meditating. And in fact, research actually shows that when we try to put our bodies and nobody really knows why they even do that, right? They're like, it's just what I'm supposed to do. But when you put your body in that uncomfortable position, it's really hard to concentrate because the whole time you're like, oh, my back hurts or my neck hurts or that feels funny or is my spine straight? Oh, it's not straight. And and so you lose the purpose of just being present in, in, your, in the moment of breathing that prana energy. Um, so I suggest that you sit somewhere comfortable 
we have a meditation pillow, but I always lean my back up against something because I find yeah. it super uncomfortable for me when I sit straight up without something behind my back. But you could meditate in your favorite chair. In fact, I encourage you to do a place where you're super comfortable because sit in your chair and then it is helpful to have, if you're going to sit in a chair, to place your feet firmly on the ground. Yeah. Um, there's something super grounding about our feet and those pressure points, putting pressure on those on the ground. But allow yourself to be comfortable because if you're comfortable, then you're going to be able to focus on the things that are really important with meditation. Yeah. I like it. Do you want to hit off number three? Number three. I don't have time to meditate. So this is my favorite one. Yes. I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) Because the ironic thing is meditation actually refunds you the time. So you have chronological and biological age. And um, what Light Watkins talks about, which I think is a, a phenomenal example, he talks about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And he was 39 when he was assassinated. But when they did the autopsy, he had the body organs of a 60, 65 year old. And what they had found that, you know, meditation reduces stress. So you're actually going to be gaining some longevity in your life through meditating because meditating, you know, reduces stress as a whole. Mm-hmm. So think about it as just like, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time for 10 minutes of meditation in the morning. Well, maybe that 10 minutes is going to give me 30 minutes of my life or whatever that is on the back end. So just kind of like a a different way to reframe it. And then also really scheduling it in your AM and PM so it gets done, whatever works best for you. I mean, I do it right first thing when I wake up before the chaos of the day, um, you know, hits us in the face. So uh, really having a consistent time to it makes it to do it makes it more likely that you are going to do it. I love doing meditation at night before I go to bed too. Like the last thing Mm -hmm. I do before I turn off my light is I I actually lie in bed. So talking about being as most comfortable as you possibly can. And then I close my eyes with my lights off and I do a 10 minute meditation. And I'm telling you, my sleep has improved so much when I do that type of just quiet calm at the end of your evening. The other thing I want to talk about with the chronological and biological age too, um, there's also benefits with meditation because when you're connecting to your breath and you're bringing more oxygen into your system, the biology of like the uh, um, elasticity of our skin and even just the way that we age is improved by breathing. So, um, you know, those physical aspects of our body are improved, but also our internal organs and the way that our systems flow. So, um, again, that prana energy, that breath energy has been, it's an ancient science that shows the benefits of it are astronomical if you can fit it in. So, um, yeah, finding that time in your day, I think is, is the most important. And if you miss it in the morning, that's okay. Um, I did want to share a resource that I, I share a lot, but, um, I love the calm app. I think I've talked about the calm app yeah. before, um, but they're 10 minute guided meditations. They also have sleep stories and all kinds of really great things. But I've also fell in love with this app called down dog, which I think I've also talked about before. Mm-hmm. This is a yoga app primarily, but they also have a meditation function. And what I love so much about it is it's um, completely customizable. So you can do two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. You can change voices. It has music playing in the background. I find when there's music, my thoughts are able to kind of be less all over the place and I can kind of just like settle into it a little bit better. So I challenge you to download that app. It's free. And um, I think that even if you can just start off with like two minutes of calm. Well, I like when, you, when you're creating a new habit, have a floor. Like I will not do less than two minutes. Like it's so hard not to meditate. Like yeah. you say you don't have two minutes, then, I, you know, yeah. there's some other things going on. Right. So start so, with two. Yeah, yeah. Say like I will meditate for at least two minutes, but hoping that once you're sitting down, you'll do five or ten. Mm-hmm. But at least you, then, then it just keeps that habit cycle. You can check the box that you actually meditated today if you have such a low threshold. 
I've been putting on my three by five cards at the top MMV, um, which are just like my three things each day that I'm trying to focus on, which is meditation, movement and vitamins, because I always forget to take my supplements. I'm awful at it. So (laughs) the supplement piece and then I like check them off as I do them. So it feels really good to just like have it visually on the card, see it there and know. And if I miss it in the morning, I hit that meditation at night so that I know that I at least got something in today. Yeah. And and for me, like my meditation journey has been over the last eight, 10 years ish. And it's funny because I kept trying not to meditate, (laughs) like how I do it. I'm like, I don't feel any benefits, you know? But then what I found personally is when I stopped meditating, I felt it. So it's like when I was meditating, everything was good. And I was like, this isn't doing anything for me. But then all of a sudden, you know, three months after meditating, I would stop. And then a week later, I'm like, why am I agitated? Why do I feel off? It's because I stopped meditating. So just kind of. I notice that on the days that I don't meditate, I used to notice it as a teacher, my patience level and the things that would irritate me or my frustration would be so much higher the days that I forgot to meditate or I didn't meditate. Um, and you're right. I think you do notice it in the absence more than when it's happening. Yeah. But yeah. that consistency is important. Like if you're just going to meditate once, you know, a month, it's not going to do, it's not going to be a bang for your buck. Like you have to put in the time and the effort to do it daily or as close to daily as you possibly can. Yeah, exactly. So, um, our takeaway today is if you don't meditate, if you currently aren't meditating or you aren't meditating regularly, you know, try to get a consistent pattern with it. And if these are some of the myths that you think in your head, like I'm not good at it or I have to sit a certain way or I don't have time, you know, hopefully this challenges you to rethink those. And to experiment with what works for you. Find a position, find a place. I love, you know, some people like really find joy in creating a space for themselves for meditation. And whenever they see that, it's a reminder to like, oh yeah, I need to like sit down and do this. Whether it's a couple candles lit or something that makes it just like sacred and special. Um, Treat yourself to that because it truly is a gift. Yeah. So have a fantastic week. If you have not joined the Facebook community, please do. Uh, If you're enjoying the podcast review, that'd be fantastic. Oh yeah, we love a review. (laughs) Share share with a friend. Um, So have a great week. Yep. Have an awesome Hello world, wake me up to another good, good morning. Time to go. Oh, we are up.